What is up, podcast? Welcome to episode 99, double nines here on the Yours Truly podcast. If you are new around here, if episode 99 is your first episode joining us, first of all, welcome. I am so excited that you are here. I am Claire Tuning. I am the non-diet registered dietitian behind the podcast and all things that you see at Yours Truly Nutrition. If you're not new around here, you already knew that and welcome back. I'm super happy that my puns didn't scare you off enough that you never wanted to join us again. Um, but as we dive into today's episode, I have a really fun guest and awesome conversation to share with you all. I have some news to announce gearing up for episode 100 of the show, which I'll talk about here in a moment. And of course, we are going to kick things off with our Yours to Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So if you tuned into the show last week, you'll remember that it was a Q&A episode. So if you have questions about intuitive eating or owning a business, I even asked a answered a question about that, you can pop over to last week's episode 98 of our show. But since in that episode, I was answering so many questions already, I chose not to answer a or feature rather a yours truly goal slayer featured post of the week. So I'm really excited to hop back into our regularly scheduled programming today. So again, if you are new to the show, the yours truly goal slayers is a free private Facebook community that I host and I run. It is filled with my current and all of my past clients as well as anyone who is simply interested in learning more about intuitive eating and how to apply those 10 principles to daily life. There are daily posts, lots of community support, of course, <laughs> being a community forum. We support each other, we like, we comment on each other's posts, and every Thursday I do a live video training that goes under the name of Two Tip Thursday. So if that at all sounds interesting to you, I will share with you at the end of this segment how you can join us. But the post that I want to feature today comes from about a week or a week and a half ago by the time this podcast airs, but it's a really awesome question that maybe some of you have thought about before. Maybe you have faced this challenge. So I'm going to read the post slash question, and I'm also going to read back my response to this poster, and you may find my response helpful. So she writes, has anyone else found that when they look at recipes, hello Pinterest, that they're still drawn to titles with trigger words like, quote, healthy, paleo, whole 30, etc.? I purchased some kale at the farmer's market because it was so, with like seven O's, <laughs> so beautiful, deep green and firm and a monster sized bundle for $2. I was not sure what I wanted to do with it, so I jumped on to good old Pinterest and started scrolling. I stopped because I eventually saw the word bacon, but then I noticed it was labeled with all of these fad diets, and I'm not sure how to process it all just yet because it is yet another example of how deep diet culture and behaviors really run. So sorry for the book, I guess I should go and grab my journal. 
So if you yourself have ever wondered how do I dissociate certain foods with certain fad diets, how can I research a recipe or a fun way to use a food without stumbling on a plethora of websites that might hold a lot of triggering information, you are not alone. I know I have had questions about this before and so do individuals in our community. So I wrote back to this poster, I feel this. It can be so frustrating to simply be looking for a recipe or idea or a way to cook a new food only to be faced with an overabundance of fad diet propaganda. If you find these sites triggering and wish to avoid them, you may find it helpful to scan a couple of things before you click on the website. First being the site URL. If it has words like, quote, keto or paleo in the URL, you might want to stay away from the site because we can guess what might be on that site. The first few words that come up on the Google search underneath the URL that describe the site can also be helpful in helping you to understand more about the site and what it is about. Other than that, you might find it helpful to keep in mind that foods are inherently neutral. They're just foods. For example, kale isn't, quote, vegan food and bacon isn't, quote, keto food. They're just kale and bacon. Sure, some of these foods may be associated with some fad diets, but your reason for eating them can simply be because you enjoy them and you like the way that they make you feel. Hope this helps a bit. So my last comment there, hope this helps a bit, also applies to you, listener. I hope that if you're searching for recipes, if you're trying to incorporate new foods and you run across any information that is really steeped in diet culture, it is triggering, it is not helpful for you wherever you are in your journey, you can always remember that food is just food. Like I said in the post, it may be associated with certain diets or certain labels, but at the end of the day, the example that I gave rings really true. Kale is just kale, bacon is bacon, a salad is a salad, a cake is cake. We don't necessarily need to label and associate this food, these foods with any approaches to eating. If you enjoy the food, if you like how they make you feel, if it is accessible to you, that is the only reason we need to focus on when it comes to you choosing to eat the food and incorporate it into your life. If after hearing my little spiel and me feature our post, you were thinking to yourself, I would love to join that community. I want to learn more. I want to ask my own questions, get community feedback and support on them. Then take this as your open invitation to come and join us and hang out in the community. There is a brief application needed to fill out or you need to submit it before you come into the community just so you learn more about the community, guidelines, basic rules for how we run things. So if you want to join us, you can access that application on my website. That is clairetuning.com community. You can also find that application linked in my Instagram bio at Claire Tuning. Click the link in my bio and you will see loud and clear there a little clicky thing, a button I guess is a better word for that. Good job Claire, words are hard. But a button that says Facebook community that will take you again right to my website clairetuning.com community. I hope to see you there if you're not already hanging out with us. So second thing that I need to share, or I want to share, I guess it's both a want 
and a need. But as I mentioned earlier in this episode, this is the 99th episode of our show, which is really wild for me to think back over the past. I guess it's been a little over two years, maybe exactly two years now of recording and releasing 99 episodes. That is a lot of minutes of talking. And there is something about the number 100. I don't know if it just sounds cool. I don't know if it's the three digits as compared to two, but there's something about that that feels special and like we need to celebrate it. So I was thinking before I hit record here, what is something we can do to celebrate the 100th episode of this podcast? And of course, the first thing that came to my mind is a giveaway. Yay! So I think a couple of months ago, maybe five, six months ago, we did a giveaway of the intuitive eating book. I did some merchandise in there. And the way to enter was by leaving a review of the show here on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Because if you know anything about podcasts, you know the best way to pay it forward and for a show to grow and reach the ears of more listeners who need to hear it is by ratings and reviews. So that brought me to the current giveaway that I am opening up starting now, the moment that you listen to this episode, if you're listening to it on the day or within the week that I released it, the giveaway is open and awaiting your entry. So you might be like, Claire, what are you giving away? I would like to know (laughs) before I submit an entry. But if you've seen on my Instagram stories or on my website, clairetuning.com slash shop, you know that the newest type of merchandise that I have in the store are some super cool stickers. We have one that says, food is my love language. It has peanut butter and jelly. It's super cute. They have eyeballs on them. They're just like (laughs) these really cute little pieces of toast. I also have a sticker with our saying guilt is not a food group and we also have some yours truly logo stickers. These stickers are perfect for water bottles, phone cases, journals, your fridge. I'm trying to rack my brain and think of other places where you might put a sticker, your car bumper if you're into that. Anyways, super versatile stickers. They're super fun colors. Check them out on my social media feed or the website if you haven't already. But I am giving away a multi-pack of these stickers. A multi-pack includes one of each of the three designs. So I will be giving two multi-packs away to listeners of the Yours Truly podcast. So if you're listening to the show, you very well could be one of our potential winners. But listen closely because this giveaway is only going to run from the time this episode airs until episode 100 or the next episode, 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 I don't know what that meant, um, but episode of the podcast airs, meaning it will be up and running for a week. And after that, the giveaway will be closed down. So if you're a weekly listener, you're here on time and you're saying, yay, me, enter me, all you have to do is leave a rating and a review of the show. Tell me what you like, tell us what you're learning, any feedback that you have would be greatly appreciated again. So I know you're there and also the show can grow from your ratings and reviews. Every review, 
rating, whatever it's called, will be one entry into the giveaway and I will announce the winners of our two multi-packs of stickers on episode 100 as a way to celebrate our show and the growth and, you know, all of the episodes that we have here under our belt. So I'm excited to see your posts, your ratings, reviews, that's the word, and stay tuned to see if you might be the winner next week. But now, da 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 da, we are transitioning to our guest to learn a little bit about them. I'm going to share a little bit about what we talk about in this episode, and it's one that I'm really hopeful you can get excited for and you can learn a couple of things from. So today I am talking with my friend and fellow registered dietitian, Ashley Kitchens. And if you're wondering, did her name have anything to do with her wanting to become a dietitian? Not to fret, we actually cover that in part of our conversation. It was pretty perfect. We had a kitchens and a tuning to really great names to become registered dietitians. But Ashley Kitchens, like I mentioned a couple of moments ago, is one of my good friends and fellow dietitians. She is a plant-based registered dietitian and nutrition coach out of North Carolina. She works virtually with all of her clients, much like I do, and she helps clients mindfully and confidently choose foods that align with their health, their goals, and their taste buds. So if you're looking to learn more about Ashley and see more of her content, you can find her at plantcenteredprep.com and her social handles, both Instagram and TikTok are at plantcenteredprep. So to give you an idea of what Ashley and I talk about, we cover how eating plants or fruits and vegetables, things that come from the ground in any way, shape, or form, how that is an inherently weight-neutral conversation and how diet culture has really twisted the eating of fruits and vegetables to be something that is seen in a very diety light to manipulate our body shape and size. But really, when we talk about eating plants in ways that are enjoyable and supportive of our health and accessible to us, that conversation is one that aligns with intuitive eating because it's an inherently weight neutral process and it doesn't need to be about weight loss unless diet culture makes it about weight loss. We also talk about ways that if you're in a place in your intuitive eating journey right now, likely if you've been on this journey for a while and you maybe have an interest in exploring a variety of foods, incorporating some plants into your life in ways that you can get excited about and ways that you enjoy. We talk about ways to do that, ways to get creative with cooking these foods, ways to make them accessible to your lifestyle, both from a financial and a time perspective. So again, there is so much value in this conversation that I hope you will find and discover and take away to apply to your journey in any way that you deem fit. So without further ado, here is my conversation conversation with Ashley Kitchens and enjoy. Hello, listeners of the Yours Truly podcast. We are back with another episode today. I have none other but my friend Ashley Kitchens, which by the way, I think our last names are perfect for dietitians. Kitchens, tuning. <laughs> Has anyone it was ever, meant to be. It was meant to be. Has anyone ever asked you, I mean, did that 
at all influence your decision in becoming a dietitian or were they totally separate? I mean, so it's interesting that you asked that because especially way back when I actually worked in the kitchen as a cook for nursing homes for a uh -huh. couple of years. Uh -huh. And of course there were so many jokes made about my last name and how like, oh, you were just born for this position. I was like, yep, here I am just fulfilling, you know, what my ancestors, I guess, laid on me. So <laughs> I get it. Sometimes I, uh, and a lot of people mistake tuning for chewing, which is like even more perfect for a dietitian. But I get that a lot as well like did your last name drive you to become a dietitian did it just work <laughs> out so i've also gotten similar jokes for sure um, yes. but before we dive into who you are and what you do and all of the exciting content we're going to cover i do have a little game that i play with all of my guests at the beginning of our episodes called this or that so are you ready i'm ready Okay. First one, a uh, very important one, I must say, that we're kicking this off with, but crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Ooh, crunchy for sure. Oh, you are my friend. I was going to say, if she's going to say smooth, we are going to have to end the episode right here and we cannot go any farther. <laughs> but crunchy fan through and through. Uh, next one, summer or fall, if you could only pick one. Summer, hands down. Actually, I love like spending time outdoors in the sun and I live in North Carolina so it gets pretty hot down here and I uh -huh. really much enjoy it. Okay well we're recording this in July this will also be aired in summer so this is like your season. Perfect right? yep. A couple more months of it. I have to say I I love both. I'm definitely more on the fall side, especially I know North Carolina and Virginia are pretty similar in our geography and how everything looks, but just the bright colors of fall and the crispness in the air and the apples. Hello, the apples. That's oh, yes. I'm here for. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So next one, and I'm jumping to a little bit of an assumption that you have both of these grocery stores where you live. I think you do, um, but Aldi or Trader Joe's? Ooh, Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I will say, and the only reason I say that is because it is more convenient to get to the Trader Joe's here than it is the Aldi. So I've been to both, but Trader Joe's is just a wee bit more convenient. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things play into the answer there. It's like, what products do you prefer? Which one is more convenient? I have to say I pick Trader Joe's through and through. Aldi can be great too, but like the seasonal snacks and the options that Trader Joe's has, you just like can't beat them. Like yes, they're patio chips. I have to say for anyone listening, it's like a bag of chips with different flavors. One's like a ketchup, salt and vinegar, dill pickle, like all mixed in one bag. Have you seen those before? I have not seen those. They sound delicious. <laughs> they are very delicious. On the front of the bag, it has potatoes dressed up like they're at a cookout. So very cute packaging, also Perfect. a delicious product, have to say. Um, final two, podcasts or audiobooks. Okay, so I guess now I am loving audiobooks, and I think it's just because our library is closed, so I'm leaning heavy on the audiobooks right now, and I'm very much enjoying those. Okay, you're entitled to your opinion. I, I feel <laughs> if the library is closed, especially, that's a, an easier way to be getting your content and your books for sure. So last one, and we were actually talking about social media a little bit before we hit record, but if you had to choose one platform, would you go with the OG Instagram or its new shiny cousin, TikTok. <laughs> oh, Claire, okay, I am obsessed with TikTok. I'll be honest. I love watching it, I love making videos for it. It's just so fun to be on there. So I'm gonna have to go with TikTok. Okay, I have to say, and I always like, 
I feel like I have to whisper this so my Instagram doesn't hear me, (laughs) but I feel very similarly that just for fun and to laugh and to find also some content that can be really helpful. I'm loving TikTok. And by the way, if anyone doesn't follow Ashley yet on TikTok, we'll plug your TikTok at the end because as I was sharing with you before we hit record, some of your videos have definitely made me laugh. I would say harder than they should have, but I found them pretty good. <laughs> I'm a big fan of all the food jokes. Um, so that brings us to a close of our this or that. I just think that's a fun way for our listeners to get to know you in a way that isn't so scripted and it's a little bit more casual. But for anyone who doesn't know you yet, they maybe have never heard of you. Can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? So uh, my name is Ashley and I kind of start back with I grew up on an Angus cattle farm and I promise you it'll like lead to what I'm going to say. Grew up on Angus cattle farm but also had a lot of GI issues growing up and so went to school to become a dietitian because as we talked about it was part of my destiny with my last name Um, and was just I felt like I was doing everything I was taught but I was still just struggling um, with these GI issues that I had since childhood and so I started exploring my options started kind of just adjusting how I ate kind of making that connection of like oh you know maybe this food doesn't make me feel as good as I once thought so just kind of creating more awareness around what I was eating which led me to eat more plants then I started feeling better and then I just kept eating more plants and started feeling even more better and then basically just didn't look back. So as you can imagine, being raised on a farm, eating a lot of beef and then transitioning over to like a more plant centric way of living um, was quite the shock for my family. But they understood, too, that I was just feeling so good eating this way that I didn't really want to go back to the other way that I was eating. And so because of that, I used you know my schooling as a dietitian to become more of like a plant-based dietitian and kind of help others sort of along the same journey kind of whether they're interested in eating more plants or whatever it is um and that's basically how I arrived at being a plant-based dietitian which is what I consider myself now yeah and just to bring everyone up to speed and that you are a plant-based dietitian but you work virtually you own your own practice share a little bit about that so they kind of get the behind the scenes of what that actually looks like when you're working with a client. Yeah. So I started my business a few years ago and I went full time with it this year, which was really exciting. Yeah. And so I do, I work one-on-one with clients all over the world, which is really, really fun. Um, just from, you know, in the comfort of my own home in my little office. Um, and I basically just work with them, you know, to help them become more plant-based, um, basically just coaching them on kind of the things that they're interested in. Um, and kind of, as we talked about these social media platforms, that's just how a lot of people Claire with you the same way, like find us and reach out to us and start working with us. So it's just, it's been an incredibly just wild, uh, amazing ride. And I've loved it. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of moments ago that you work from your home. I know in this podcasting platform, people cannot see either of us or see where we are sitting, but I have to share with our listeners that you have the cutest picture. Is it a picture or a drawing? It's like a canvas, like art thingy. Okay. Yeah. A canvas art thingy. There we go. (laughs) We're dietitians, not artists, but of this, it's such a cute, I know you, you know, the proper word for it, but it's like a fuzzy cow. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like a baby Highland cow, which is, we raised Angus and Highland um, growing up. And so it's a baby Highland calf and it's just so sweet. And yes, it's staring right over my shoulder into Claire's eyes. So, but, but not in a creepy way for anyone listening. It's very cute. It has like a very loving, soft gaze. I feel yeah. heard. I feel heard by this cow. Aww, <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Well, I now, you know, today on our conversation, we're going to be talking about plants, as you have hinted at, specifically eating them, not just talking about them. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to touch on something that you just mentioned. You shared a little bit in your background about how you grew up and you had some GI issues, and that was one of the things that maybe led you to being curious about plants or eating more of them. So I would love to dive into a little bit. Um, the difference in the why, uh, why we may be choosing to eat more plants, because in the diet culture that we live in, my take on this, and I'm sure you see this as well, being in the field, especially being on social media, is that nearly everything has become about weight, more specifically about weight loss and manipulating our bodies. So something that is inherently weight neutral as we were talking about before hitting record like eating a plant like eating a fruit or eating a vegetable it's inherently weight neutral has really been wrapped up in this idea of we eat these things to manipulate our bodies or to look a certain way so i'm wondering and my my question is for you that if someone is listening right now and they're maybe at a place in their life or in their intuitive eating journey where they want to focus on finding more variety in their eating, or maybe if they're struggling with GI issues and they want to find more, you know, regularity, whatever that means for them, um, how can they make sure that they're doing this or they're approaching some of these changes from a non-restrictive mindset? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. And you kind of alluded to that a little bit with figuring out the why behind why you want to maybe change the way that you're currently eating or why you're curious about eating more plants. You know, what's sort of driving the reason behind that? And that's something that I do try to clarify as much as possible with the, uh, the clients that I work with is like, kind of like what you said, there is, um, there's a lot of maybe... Um, I don't know, misconception with wanting to go like more plant-based. And so um, trying to figure out the reason, like you said, the why behind it. And if there is maybe like a health reason or where you heard information as to why it might be beneficial for you, um, trying to figure out, you know, what purpose is eating more plants going to serve and, and why are you curious about that? Very similar to what you stated. Yeah, I think it's so important and something that I say to all of my clients and anyone who comes to me with a question or wanting coaching, I always say that our intentions matter so much, right? Because, you know, if I even look back in my own life, I'll share a little bit of my own story when it comes to plants, since we're talking mm -hmm. about it. But when I was in school to become a dietitian, maybe you were kind of presented something similar. I was very much taught, if not explicitly, very implicitly, that being a dietitian I mean we had to be the perfect eaters, air quotes there, and we had to be the perfect examples of health. And I was kind of given this very narrow-minded definition of what that looked like. And as a result, I turned at the time to more plant-based eating because I thought 
that's what I had to do. I thought I had to be perfect. I thought if I wasn't eating in that way, people were going to say, oh my gosh, you're a dietitian and you're not eating all of those plants. Like what the heck? So for me, again, coming back into what we're saying here with our intention matters, when I look, when I was all plant-based personally, for me, it was coming from the intention of pleasing someone else, not getting into how I felt or not, you know, unpacking my own food rules. So I think that is so important when someone is maybe thinking about eating more plants or they're getting curious about it, kind of like you were saying to ask, why am I curious? Or where did I hear my information from? I'm curious since you brought up that whole idea of where are you getting your information from? What sources are you pulling these facts or ideas from? If someone is maybe looking to learn more about plant-based eating or learn more about this from a weight neutral perspective, where are maybe the places where they don't (laughs) want to go? So we can maybe just be mindful in where we're sourcing our information from. Does that make sense? It does. And that's a really good question because you really do have to, when you are sourcing this information, sort of read between the lines of even what is the person providing this information? What are they potentially getting out of it? Are they trying to sell something? Um, So I think that's a really good point of, you know, when you are gathering information, especially about plant-based eating is to, again, just kind of try to create some awareness around where that information is coming from and could there be someone maybe profiting off of it in the background? So there's a lot of great documentaries out there, but at the same time, they can uh, maybe push people to approach it from like a more diet-like perspective versus like maybe just searching uh, for their own reason to to go plant-based. And so I think just being very intentional with looking at the information and um, just, again, like I said, reading between the lines and trying to figure out, you know, what they're trying to say and are they coming from a more diet culture perspective or are they approaching it and like trying to um, maybe help you understand why this is important to you or why you think it's something that you should try yourself. Yeah. I think that's so important to just remember that anyone who's out there with a super polarizing message, especially if it involves something very restrictive or a behavior that could potentially become disordered, just taking caution when we're maybe taking everything they have to say is like the end all be all truth. So something else that I would love to dive into with you, I know in some of our previous conversations about plant-based eating and intuitive eating, I have talked with you a little bit about um, some of the principles of intuitive eating, how you incorporate them with your clients. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when you work with someone, when you have someone in your one-on-one coaching program, you either refer them to the intuitive eating workbook, you give them um, that as a resource. So would you mind sharing a little bit about the why behind that, or maybe how you incorporate some of what's in that workbook or, you know, some of the intuitive eating principles into some of the work that you do with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So a few years back, and I think we talked about this, Claire, I um, oh, I, it was an audiobook. I read the intuitive eating book huh? and it was, you know, during my plant-based journey and I was already like into it at the time, but it just kind of, it, it approached the subject of eating from a different perspective that I didn't learn in school. That was sort of just completely different than anything I'd ever been taught. And I will say ever since reading that book several years ago, I have just been on this path of sort of combining 
plant-based eating or people wanting to go more plant-based with that intuitive eating approach and taking a lot of those principles that you find in the workbook that are so incredible to sort of help merge the two um, together. So the plant-based eating aspect and the intuitive eating aspect. So, cause I do find um, it really, and as I've just gotten more into this of working with clients, you know, it doesn't really matter the way that you're eating necessarily, like the, the specific lifestyle that you're following, whether you're plant-based or not. But, you know, if your relationship with food just is, you know, rocky or it just, it doesn't really matter necessarily like the food that you're eating. Like it really, you really do need to focus kind of on that foundation and work on some of those principles so that you do have a competent and just like this uh, relationship with food that maybe you didn't have once before. And I found that, you know, a lot of people would come to me wanting to be more plant-based, but I would also find too, that they were really struggling with that, um, uh, relationship aspect or emotional, uh, relationship with food as well. Yeah. And I think too, I love something that you brought up is we as dietitians, I say we, meaning you and I, because I know my philosophy. And now that you've just shared yours, I feel comfortable in saying this. I do not speak for all dietitians, but mm-hmm. I really feel like the majority of us or some of us really care more about the why behind our clients' food choices and ours as well, rather than the exact what or the how yeah. much, right? But I want to know why are you eating in that way? Does it bring you satisfaction? Does it bring you joy? Do you feel mentally healthy when you're eating in this way? So I love that you're kind of taking this whole idea of plant-based eating and merging it with a lot of the principles of intuitive eating to make sure we are coming from that place of why am I doing this? Is this helpful in all areas of my health? Does this make me feel good, right? Kind of tapping into multiple of those principles. So something that I'd love to transition to here, I was actually talking to a client the other day. So this is a a recent conversation from at least the time in which we're recording this, but she is at a place in her intuitive eating journey where she was curious about exploring different types of foods, where she does have the desire to add some more plants to her life in a way that she finds enjoyable and satisfying and realistic. But her question to me when we were having this conversation, and I smiled and giggled a bit um, when she asked me this, because I know I, at one point in my life, felt the same way, so I was very much leveling with her, but she asked, Claire, do people actually like vegetables? Do people actually (laughs) enjoy these types of foods, or are they all faking it and I'm missing out on something? Which, again, I could very much understand and empathize, you know, from where she was coming from. So my question is for you, if someone who is listening to this podcast, do they maybe feel the same way? They're like, okay... Are they lying to me? Does anybody actually like those foods or are they just, you know, shoving it down because they feel like they quote unquote have to? What are maybe some tips or some ideas that you have to share with anyone, again, who is interested in including more plants or getting a variety of foods into their life in a way that they can get excited about, that they can enjoy and that doesn't feel forced? awful for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. no I think that's such a fantastic question and I will say in the beginning of my journey I was kind of wondering the same thing I was like okay I was raised a certain way in the midwest on a farm so we ate a very specific way I was like I've actually not tried a lot of these different fruits and vegetables that I see in the grocery store. So it was a big transition and kind of to what you're you're talking about 
it kind of goes back to that intention of like, you know, why are you wanting to maybe introduce more fruits and more vegetables or these vegetables that, you know, might not seem to like taste that great. And I will say the intention is so important because for me in particular, and I speak of a place where I eat these types of foods just because I feel so good and I felt so miserable beforehand eating up, you know, other types of foods. And so it kind of goes back to that intention of like, you know, when you're eating foods that when you make that connection of how it makes, how food makes you feel, um, there's just something about them that like makes them taste so much better. If that makes sense. Like there's just, because you're eating them because you feel so good. It's like, you want to keep eating them. Um, I hope that makes sense anyway. So it is helpful to, and I always encourage us to like definitely explore and try and branch out and try different recipes and maybe like get a really like plant centered type cookbook that like looks really appealing to you um, to make it fun and exciting because yeah, you, the food has to taste good. Like you can't just like go eat vegetables and be miserable while you're eating them. Like they have to be delicious. You have to want to eat them. They have to be fun and exciting and make you feel like absolutely amazing too. So I think that is important to, you know, just like try and include some variety, try to branch out a little bit, maybe like find a couple of recipes that look really appealing and colorful and maybe include some things that you haven't tried before. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. And I would say that we're not lying because I think it's so much fun. <laughs> I love it. And if, if anyone listening could only see Ashley's face right now, she's like smiling from ear to ear. She's moving around. She's getting so excited. She's like, no, we're not lying. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think something that I appreciate so much that you're focusing on is you're really encouraging people to lead with a satisfaction and be a connection to their bodies, which are two really big ideas in the intuitive eating framework. You may have, have seen this if you're uh, familiar with the intuitive eating workbook, but have you seen the graphic? I believe Elise Resch is the one who talks about this a lot, but she talks about satisfaction being the hub of intuitive eating. So if you kind of view intuitive eating like a wagon wheel on some of those old covered wagons, right? Satisfaction is the center hub and all of the other principles are kind of like the spokes that revolve around our ability to feel satisfied with our food choices, right? So if you know we're eating plant foods that we hate and we don't love and they're flavorless and we don't like the texture, it makes sense, kind of like you were saying, why we're not gonna return to those foods because the whole experience of eating it wasn't wrapped up in satisfaction. It was maybe more based in a rule or a should or an obligation, whereas the kind of eating that you're talking about, you know, I love the, the tip that you mentioned of finding a cookbook that looks exciting and really appealing to you, or maybe, you know, picking up that ingredient, that fruit, vegetable, and whatever form in the store that you maybe always looked at, but you're not quite sure about. So just really leading with this curious mindset and being open to, okay, if I thought I didn't like this food, maybe it's because a, I've never tried it, or B, I just haven't found a way in which I do love it. And it does ring my satisfaction bell, for lack of a better term. So one other question here is we're kind of getting to the end of like our tactical tips and items, something that I hear a lot. And I'd be curious to know if you hear this as well. You probably even hear it more than me since you really talk about plants. But I hear a lot of people saying when we're talking about incorporating just different foods, plant foods, some of the pushback that I will get is, well, what if that takes so much time? Or what if I don't have 
the time or I don't have the desire maybe because equal, I mean, both of them are equally valid to be chopping and to be doing all of these things and to be taking an hour more out of my week to prepare these foods if that just doesn't fit. So A, and then I'll get to my second question here, but do you hear that a lot? And what is your maybe thought or response or some tips that you have when you hear a concern like that? Yeah. So especially when you're trying and you're, you're curious and you're wanting to maybe incorporate some foods that are a bit more unfamiliar, there is, you kind of have to just give yourself grace in the beginning because it is going to take a little bit longer to maybe prep some of those foods or get used to cooking some of those foods. But I always say like, you're, you're going to become more efficient the more you practice. And as long as you find it enjoyable, the more you practice, you'll, you'll become efficient. Um, and then some tips that I give with that too, because yes, vegetables take forever to chop. <laughs> so I do recommend, you know, especially if you're going to like cut up vegetables yourself to have a really good knife on hand. That's just like a little tip that I throw in. And then two, I do like recommend maybe try using some frozen vegetables mm -hmm. or, you know, if your grocery store has pre-chopped vegetables and it's just like, it's, you're curious about it, but maybe you don't have quite a, a huge amount of time to spend chopping up some vegetables, maybe buy some vegetables that are pre-cut to just to save you some time. And then you can kind of figure out if this is something that you want to continue working on. So maybe trying some of those hacks to see if it's something that's a bit more accessible. Yeah. And I love the, the kind of mindset that you're preaching here of if you have this desire, if you're curious, instead of, you know, shutting the idea down by saying, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I, I don't want to make the time to do that. Ask, well, is there a way, is there a potential new route that I haven't thought about yet or a, a different way that I could go about this that will get me to the same end result, but maybe in a way that feels more enjoyable for me or more accessible for me and my schedule. So final thing that I wanted to touch on here, just because you brought it up before we tell people where to find you and connect with you. But I am wondering, just because again, we live in this diet culture that loves to moralize foods and elevate some foods at the expense of others. Um, something that I see a ton, again, I'm sure you probably do as well, but people really preaching the whole fresh foods only. And I know people can't see me, but I'm putting all of that in heavy <laughs> quotes. But you mentioned a couple of moments ago, try a frozen vegetable or, you know, I'm even curious to get your opinion on something that might be canned. Like for anyone out there who that just seems more accessible, maybe easier, more enjoyable, what is maybe something that you would say to them or offer to them to let them know that's allowed and that's okay. We don't always have to be going off of the only whole, only fresh, only, you know, non-processed, all of that. Yep, 100%. In fact, it reminds me of someone I worked with a while ago who thought that she only had to buy dry beans, that she couldn't buy beans in a can. And I was like, I don't know, both of these end up serving the exact same purpose. And she was very stressed out because like you had to soak the beans overnight and then cook them. And she just thought those were quote better. And it's like, like both of these beans, you know, canned or not serve a purpose, serve the same function. And so, yes, there is something to be said about eating, you know, more whole food plant-based if that's what you want to do. And if that's the desire that you have, but at the same time, um, I do encourage, especially with 
people wanting to go more plant-based, kind of like what you're saying, we feel like we have to go from zero to a hundred. Like uh-huh. we have to be all in, eat quote perfectly, kind of like what you were talking about with even just becoming a dietitian. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And this is why I definitely encourage over and over again, like, you know, you're, you're curious about this lifestyle for a reason, you know, something sort of led you here, show yourself grace. You don't have to go from zero to 100% plant-based overnight. Like take your time, see what works, create awareness around, you know, listening to your body when you're eating these new foods or incorporating them and take your time. Like I tell people that it took me three years to go fully plant-based because I was just kind of discovering what worked best for me. And I think that's what is really important for someone who's looking to eat more plants and by all means. And it's funny that you mentioned like the frozen foods, the cut up vegetables, like I'm always recommending those types of things because it can save us a lot of time in the kitchen and frozen versus fresh. My goodness, I'm going to choose frozen so much more often based on convenience solely, you know, chopped up broccoli in the freezer and having to chop up broccoli myself. Like I'm going to choose the frozen chopped up, pre-chopped up broccoli. Um, The same with like kale and spinach and different things. So I think it it is, it's important to recognize that, um, try to make this as approachable as possible and as sustainable as possible for you. Don't try and, you know, overcomplicate it or feel like you have to fit into this box that maybe you've seen or heard of before. Yeah. And something that really stood out to me that you mentioned a couple of moments ago is take it at your own pace, explore, stay open-minded, be curious to what works for you, (laughs) right? We don't have to put ourselves into this box and say, it has to be this way. And I have to be perfect air quotes there when I'm incorporating more foods, because what works for me, what works for Ashley, what works for someone else might be different. So I think if we can always just remind ourselves, I'm going to be gentle in this process. I'm going to explore. I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to find what works for me and allow myself to do whatever I need to do to make that happen. Whether it's the fresh, the frozen, the can, the pre-chopped, I think just approaching it with that mentality makes it a lot less scary and makes it a lot more doable because there's more room to mess up for lack of a better term, right? There's more room to explore. There's more room to learn rather than approaching it with that very, you know, not open-minded. It has to be this way because there's so much room for shame and guilt and negativity of that. And when we feel those emotions, it's going to push us away from wanting to make that change. So let's make it fun, right? Yeah, make plants fun again. Is that like that could be your, that. your logo? <laughs> Yes, they need to be fun for sure. (laughs) Well, I have so enjoyed this conversation and I hope everyone who is listening is walking away with maybe a new mindset towards plants, maybe having normalized some of these frozen canned goods, maybe with just a new perspective on how we can incorporate some of the principles of intuitive eating with eating more plants, again, if that is something that someone has interest in or finds value. So would you mind plugging where people can find you, your social? I know we mentioned your TikTok earlier, but you know, your website, anything that you're thinking might be helpful for those who are listening. Sure. So I am plant-centered prep on Instagram and TikTok. And that's also my website, plantcenteredprep.com. So um, the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram because I do love engaging with people on uh, through DMs and everything. So, Well, you made it pretty easy for everyone to find you. Same name across the board, plant-centered prep. And two, I remember one of the first things that I recall about you and connecting with you, because how long have we been 
connected through social media and also in person a couple of times. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It probably has been. Yeah. Probably a good two years almost. Yeah. But uh, the first thing I remember from some of your content, I don't know if you still make these videos, but you would make these fun, what did you call it? Like meal prepping Mondays and you have the music (laughs) in the background and like you would make all these things. And I was like, Wow. Okay. This video is so entertaining to watch. And also everything you were making looked like something I would 100% enjoy. So I'm happy I can call you friend to this day and you are no longer just the girl who makes the fun videos (laughs) on Instagram. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your voice and your expertise with the pod listeners. Um, Everyone go check her and her cute canvas cow out on Instagram, website, on TikTok. And that is all we have for today. So we will sign off. Yours truly, Ashley and Claire. There you have it, podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning into this episode. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ashley Kitchens. As always, if you love what you're hearing here on the Yours Truly podcast, please do not hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and a review so that more people can find the show and find this message if they need to hear it. And also, don't forget, if you're listening to this episode in real time and you leave, a rating and a review between now the day this episode airs and the day next week's episode airs there's a hundredth episode you will be entered to win our sticker giveaway so if that doesn't incentivize you to leave a rating and a review I don't know what will because the stickers are super cute (laughs) but anyways thanks again for being here take care and we'll see you back here next week